Welcome to the Improvising Life Podcast. This is Lori Crawford, your host. Last episode, we were joined by the fabulous Shelby Melissa, and we explored how we can play with possibilities while also being accountable, practicing community care, and really questioning the way things are, and using that inquiry to inform different ways that things can be. I also want to give a shout out to my baby bump, who is holding the microphone for us this week as this episode is coming to you live from our our cozy comfy pregnancy pillow palace i am three weeks away from my due date so we are going to hopefully be getting some episodes stockpiled to be shared out during my maternity leave and this is you know a way that we are yes anding this life transition in my life together so i appreciate you all for joining along the ride Now let's get to our episode, tool number five, build versus invent. So the fifth tool of improvising, build versus invent, is one that feels very thematic for this stage of life that I'm in, not only in pregnancy, but also of allowing myself to be enough of really claiming my life experience and rewiring myself to be able to see what my stories actually are, um, the way that I would claim them, the way that I see my life, and challenging the ways I've been told that I am or the ways that I've been told, expected to behave, and really you know, what I've been practicing during this month of September as a sturdy September. How can I create and cultivate a sturdier foundation within myself so that way there's less of a sense of I have to keep reminding myself of who I am. Can I shift into this place of of knowingness? So then that way I can build from that sense of self instead of feeling like I have to invent this person that I am as I'm shifting and growing and evolving. And I wanted to provide that context because there are so many ways that the tools of improvising can show up in our lives. And for me, I always start with how can these provide me a different sense of access to myself while calling into question the things that feel less supportive or perhaps the things that I was told to value or the ways to express myself that were really to serve the other person's interest at the cost of what was actually best or supportive or nourishing or accurate with myself. So with sharing that context, let's jump into what this tool actually means. So invention in itself, you know, if we think about improv, you're literally inventing things in the spot. So this tool can seem sort of counterintuitive to people thinking of, well, it should be about invention of creating something new. But there are a lot of caveats because invention sort of implies that You have to start from nothing. And it also implies that, you know, there isn't this foundation that there there has to be this inherent like shakiness or um, like a lack of support. And also that it's really on you and you alone to usher in something new. And so when we're in invention mode, you know, and thinking that everything has to come from scratch and that we alone have to do it we end up running on fumes and so it's really um this like reality of lack 
And I want to just acknowledge too that our, our systems and structures are created in a way for us to experience lack and scarcity, and that's like real as fuck. But when we only have access to that place of invention of, oh, well, we have to dig our way out of it, right? This idea of pull yourself up by your bootstraps when many of us don't even fucking have boots, you know? Like, it's that way that whiteness consciousness and the different isms being patriarchy, capitalism, and and racism, that those all are structural and systemic ways of intentionally sort of weaponizing this idea of invention of, well, just get your way out of it. And so for those of us who have tried to get ourselves out of something, right, we're trying to, we're told to invent a new way of being. But that happens with this idea that again, it's us doing it alone. And that is such a huge fucking mountain to climb and one that we shouldn't even have to try to climb ourselves. Then on the other hand, though, if we're thinking about what building can mean, how can building create room to acknowledge what is, so be grounded in a sense of reality, and also incorporate what's known, what's relevant, what's supportive, as a way of having inspiration and validating your lived experience, the lived experience of your ancestors, and really... You know, one of the things that I like to incorporate in this part of the conversation is this idea that so much of what was known about living well and having access to quality of life in the past has been violently lost because of colonialism. Indigenous cultures and practices were rooted in the idea of communal care and living and access to quality of life being something universal and something unquestionable something that was the foundation from which everything else was built in society. So essentially all of that, that native indigenous ancestral wisdom has become unknown because of all of the isms that have taken place and are really the manifestations of whiteness consciousness. So, you know, like that has to be part of this conversation and also to, normalize why it can be so difficult for us to experience life with ease or higher quality of of living and also why you know it can feel like such a tension is there with shifting out of invention mode and letting this idea of building be possible you know and about this difficulty of building versus inventing We have to acknowledge that a lot of what we've been told would be our building blocks. So like working hard, saving your money, doing right by other people, you know, that those can actually erode our foundations within ourselves because they're, they can be weaponized, you know, and we're told what building blocks are. We don't get to choose within ourselves what our building blocks are. So in often being bypassed or experienced gaslighting, And that limits our access to the deeper parts of our stories that bring us a sense of empowerment, that honor our authenticity, and that really elevate our accurate location or like how we're actually doing, what our actual needs are, giving us room to even dream about a different reality being possible. So the ability to think critically really then translates to us being able to question systems. And so, of course, we're told what things are supposed to be our building blocks. 
So then that way we're not actually able to dismantle systems, right? So we're told to build with the blocks that uphold the systemic inequities or problems in our lives. So of course it's going to feel really unnatural to think of building instead of inventing because, you know, we need to invent new systems. We need to dismantle the current ones. But again, that idea of invention implies we don't already have the wisdom in place to create a better life. When again, it is available, it's just been violently silenced and erased. So how can build versus invent be a tool where we're taking a step back, perhaps we're doing a brain dump and saying, this is what I've been told to value, these are the building blocks I've been told to use, and also what I've been told to build, right? Because we've been told to build the white picket fence in a house with four point six people in our family and a dog named Toto and you know we've not only been told with what to build but what to build can we just acknowledge and put words to to that limitation that we've been told and can then we also have a little bit of exploration of saying what do I desire building what in my life experience feels like a building block for me how can I yes and what feels relevant for my experience? And asking those types of questions allows us to sort of shake the dust off of the things that have been given to us to sort of appease us and keep us in our place or to feel comfortable with our discomfort. And so then we're really resentimenting building, right? And at the same time, that allows us to also challenge what we've been told about invention mode right because the thing is if we're told we have to invent all these new realities and we're told that we have to do that by ourselves again that's that makes the mountain so big that we feel like we then can't accomplish tackling the mountain because we're supposed to do so alone and we're supposed to do so in face of all of these systems so that's why burnout is so real and that's why so many of us don't have access to really giving it you know, like a good faith effort, so to speak, because we shouldn't have to have those connotations with invention where, you know, we're we're asked to be the sole saviors of everyone and everything, because that again is, is the way whiteness consciousness is trying to like reframe colonialism and, and asking us to do that colonizing when really there is so much ease that happens when there's a more holistic and communal approach to things. So if we can acknowledge that we've been made to feel like we have to be the sole saviors of all things, including our own lives, how can we shift into being more open to sort of a collective shift happening and acknowledging that collective shift happens from incremental individual shifts, right? So what we do does matter and doing it in communities that are also shifting is really more of the sustainable plan. And I'm curious about whether having greater access to living life becomes more sustainable and, and more equitable when we're coming from this more holistic place of of really like yes ending our own embodied human lives in reality. And those wisdoms of our ancestors and, you know, and for, for 
many of us, especially white people, I'm not talking about like our grandparents, right? Because, uh, you know, the, the closer the generations are to us, the more problematic their behaviors and practices have been talking about can we go generations back right and and get curious about what was life like before whiteness was a construct what was life like when there was more communal and harmonious living and opening up to that idea of building right of allowing there to be this more of like a healing element that happens over time and then you know acknowledging too that even what I'm saying has been influenced and inspired by indigenous practices themselves. And one that I will name is, you know, the idea of seven generations thinking of, you know, how you're going through life or building your life right now is a reflection of, you know, seven generations back and impacts seven generations moving forward. So, you know, there are ways, again, even if you don't have access to a physical community that is of looking at like growth and healing and like reclaiming the sense of empowerment and having community impact there can still be this way of acknowledging that okay well now I have seven generations of ancestors before me you know most would not be living and some are you know but how can that be a sense of a support team and how can that then influence how I move forward so that way I'm cultivating and building a legacy and an impact and a foundation so that way seven generations moving forward has access to a different amount of choice and choices they want to make how can future seven generations have access to greater quality of life and a life that's worth living and is livable because myself and seven generations before are now you know being part of this support squad right and righting wrongs and and sharing knowledge and wisdoms of what could be in place to usher in this this newer wave you know and all of this like sounds woo or maybe radical whatever words you use but can we just normalize that we've been made to think that more holistic embodied and sort of like energetic and spiritual practices again have been made to out to be taboo or problematic when this would have been the more natural approach previously before again what was known to work for having livable societies was colonized and stripped down and reduced to the systems in place that make it them not livable right now And I'm sure some of you are now asking, like, can this now be translated into something that feels more tangible and practical? I just want to acknowledge that tension that it might be a different episode than you were expecting. And that's okay. You know, I didn't know how this information was going to come out. I had a few rough notes, but here we are. And also, yes, you know, I can offer some other questions for you to to sit with you know and today is the first day of Libra season that I'm recording this so acknowledging that Libra season is about bringing relationships into balance and so to reciprocate the energy of of you spending time with me here I, I will offer some questions on how to yes and build versus a Vanessa tool so 
So for those of you wondering, how can Build versus Invent be applied in my life right now? Let's say that you are, uh, and this is something I can relate to, going through some financial challenges. You have some unexpected bills or maybe perhaps the way that you thought you were going to be financing a few things isn't working out. So what do you do? Invention mode would say, I need to go out and I need to find the solution by myself. I need to just, um, you know, like say a a wish out loud and say, I need this $20,000 by tomorrow and then feeling like alone. An alternative when we're looking from the building perspective could be, what resources do I already have access to? Are there other people in my network that perhaps owe me money, you know, that I haven't asked for because I don't want to have the conversation? Do I have access to privileged resources like a credit card or a, a personal loan? Or acknowledging, like, do I not have access to those privileges? And how have I been made to normalize that experience and think that that um, is sort of the best that I can do? What do I know about the value that I bring other people? And can there be a way that I, you know, for at least the time being, monetize that value? Sure, I've always, out of like the kindness of of me enjoying it, um, offered to clean friends' houses or or make meals to cater their, uh, their events. But how can I actually build from that and say, oh, no, actually, I'm charging for that now. You know, that that I need a reciprocal exchange because my current circumstances don't allow me to continue doing that just out of, of the gesture of giving. So in those cases, building can come from this place of knowing that you have an inherent worth and that you have resources and expertise to exchange and you don't have to go to this place of invention of I have to figure it all out by myself. You can voice what your need is. You can um, open up and imagine the possibility that perhaps support can actually be received even if it hasn't been before. And that there's a way that your community can be part of that, uh, that process of having your needs be met. And at the same time, you know, it's very important to acknowledge the ways that our privileges and, and access to resources and needs and supports have for much of our life been out of our control and will remain out of our control because of these larger systemic issues, but that the way we navigate the reality that we have to address our needs can shift. We don't have to invent a way for us to do things all by ourselves, but we can build from the blocks of of what feels accessible to us. So then that way a different reality can become available. So instead of solely um, like suffering alone and not having access to support from others, what steps can we take to build the opportunity to even receive those supports? One other thought that's coming through that feels important to share as well is oftentimes we are waiting until we're in a moment of having a a big experience in life to suddenly try to have a relationship with ourselves. So, you know, like, let's say we we get unexpected news or something challenging is happening and and we're suddenly in invention mode of, oh, shit, I have to figure out, like, how, like, do I even check in with myself? Do I acknowledge how I feel? What do I do about this? And it because it might be the first time we've had that exact experience, we feel like we have to invent a way to process it or not acknowledge it or, or like 
get over it, so to speak. But what if instead we can build from what we know about ourselves because we've been practicing a relationship with ourselves over time without realizing it, even in the way that we decide not to relate with ourselves. You know, when we're in a situationship, that's still giving us clues and insights. So if, if something like that is the case, another way that we can practice building and saying, what do I know about myself? When something is overwhelming, what do I know that I need? Do I need to take a step back from social engagements? Do I need to go take a walk? Do I need to eat something? Do I need to scream? Do I need to write everything down that's frustrating me on a piece of paper and burn it and flush the you know, ashes of the paper? Those are all different building blocks from building from what we know we might need as supports or ways to just process what's happening. So instead of feeling like we have to invent a new solution to every new challenge we go through, how can we allow ourselves to be the experts of our lived experience and build a way to support ourselves from what we have experienced in the past as we interact with ourselves? And something that I really encourage people to do is to sort of idea, brainstorm, map out ways that you could feel supported or what type of support you might want to receive before you actually need them. Because if we're waiting in the moment of a crisis to explore, you know, this idea of building versus inventing, that means we're already probably running on fumes. We're already spread pretty thin. So how can this be more of a proactive tool or more of like, how can I, I support myself ahead of time by spending time on this topic? Because really being in this like moment of being woken up out of adulting on autopilot, you know, is a very reactionary time and reaction ushers in the idea we have to invent a solution. Whereas having the time to slow down and respond and reflect and to be in a more embodied place gives us access to the building blocks that allow us to have access to choice, that allows us to honor and acknowledge our needs, that allows us the space and breath and time to even receive support from ourselves and from others. So this has been episode 9 of the Improvising Life podcast, where we explored how life can be more livable using tool number 5 of Build versus Invent. This episode blended in more of the, the elements that I'm going to be speaking of and that feel so vital to call out and to familiarize ourselves with and, and work through that discomfort of different systems and privileges um, because ultimately life only becomes more livable if we're able to build from what we know, what has been known, and what we can allow ourselves to suddenly become aware of and to let that let that building of a reality that's more equitable and and really more communal take place instead of staying in this this zone of disencouragement of thinking that as individuals we have to invent this new society or structure all by ourselves and so this uh, at least on my end felt like more of a 
working through the mud together, sort of sculpting that clay of ushering in this newer energy of this can be both something that we apply in our personal life and also by embodying it in our personal life, feeling that sense of empowerment that we can reclaim our stories, our resources, our tools, what makes us unique that other people may have invalidated by reclaiming access to that, we can build towards something that feels more livable and that the more of us are doing that part is what over time, quote unquote, invents a newer reality because it's the unfolding of this collective work. And also we normalize that we don't have to only have access to invention mode where we are waiting till some there's a crisis to respond to and then having this pressure of doing it all by ourselves. If you have any thoughts that come, came up or any feedback, or if you would like to be on the podcast, you know, please reach out and let me know. If um, you aren't yet, you can link up on Instagram at improvide.with.lori. And there's a link in my bio now where you can actually apply to be a podcast guest. You can also email me at improvising101 at gmail.com. Because I'd really like to have more insight for what would make life more livable for other people. So that way we can start to see ourselves and one another. As always, I hope you have a razzle-dazzle day. And if that's not accessible, you can put an F on front and have a frazzle-dazzle day.